Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. That means sit down. Uh, so we are here uh, at the end of this part of Romans. For those of you just joining us or those of you who haven't been around for a while, we're in the middle of a four-year series. Well, not really in the middle. We're coming around the home stretch of a four-year series on the book of Romans. And uh, as, you, uh, as you know, we're going to be uh, finish up this section going into Advent. Uh, for Advent, we're going to have a, a series. Uh, that, it's okay. It just you know the church calendar shouldn't be that that uh, frightening. <laughs> I think we, Ju- Justin's a bit more of a Baptist. He doesn't like this <laughs> church calendar stuff. Uh, the season of Advent, we're going to be uh, once again doing uh, something we've done a few times before. A few of our favorite sings, where we're going to have different folks. Uh, come up and preach, uh, linking a, uh, a favorite Christmas carol uh, to a uh, particular text and then preaching that. Uh, I'm excited to say for the first time ever at New Hope, I will not be preaching on Christmas Eve. My father is actually going to be coming and, and preaching. Uh, his is, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, so, uh, and that's because he's racist. So... Um, <laughs> so we have that to look forward to. Um, and then after that, uh, we're going to uh, tear into chapters 14 and 15 over the winter and uh, early spring. Chapters 14 and 15 of Romans are about how we deal with the differences that we have uh, within the church, small c, within the local congregation, also how we deal with the differences that we have within the big C church, because there are, in fact, uh, churches that not only recognize Advent, but Epiphany and uh, the Feast of St. Stephen the Martyr and so forth. And then there are churches that believe that if you even pay attention to the fact that it's Easter, that maybe you're being a little bit naughty. So uh, there are a lot of differences between different churches and different traditions within the broader family tree, and we'll be talking about how we deal with those. Uh, During Lent, actually, we're going to take a little bit of an historical look at how the Spirit has worked that out through the 2,000-year history of the church, and then we're going to finish with a bang... Uh, through the end of the spring uh, with chapter 16 of Romans, which is basically an entire, uh, sort of like the liner notes to an album. Um, and, uh, and it's actually really fun to look at. But this fall, we've been looking at chapters 12 and 13 of Romans. And as we look in the first uh, 11 chapters, we see Paul laying out uh, his, his basic uh, argument, which is that God is setting the world to right through his Messiah, Jesus, who is active and working through his people. Now, this is what God has always done, and this is what, in fact, God is doing. But the way God's doing it is a big surprise, since the way God did it before was he did it through one nation, one people, Israel, that he called to be a blessing. But now what God has done is he has called all the all the people of the world, not just one nation to be a blessing to everybody. He's called everybody in the world from whatever uh, ethnic background to be part of this new thing called the church, which is the body of Christ. And it's new because it is composite like that, but it's not new because this idea of God taking one people and blessing the world through them is the sort of thing that he's been about all along. So we've, we've looked at the ways that there are 
there's continuity with the story that God's been working out, but also radical discontinuity in that this thing that happened in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus changed everything in cosmic history. So nothing is the same since then. And God is working out his purposes through his people, the church. And he's writing to this group of people in the church who are in Rome. Some of them are Jewish and some of them are Gentile, but they're all Christians. They're all members of the body of Christ. They're all having to, to uh, deal with each other as they try to follow him together as a community. And what we find out in, in chapter 12, when Paul says things like, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, probably means that there are some folk who thought they were all that in the church in Rome. This is not unusual. This sort of thing happens all kinds of places. Church in Rome probably was a mild case compared to what was going on in Corinth, if you read the letters that Paul wrote to them. But it's sort of like that sign at SeaWorld that says, don't swim in the shark tank. Obviously, somebody at some point thought that was going to be a good idea, so they had to put the sign up. Uh, Paul is, is saying, look, here's the deal. We're, we're all in this together, and each of us has something to do, so do the thing that you're being called to do. Don't look down on the people who are doing something different, and, and frankly, don't look down on yourself either. I mean, don't think of yourself any less than you ought to, but certainly don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. And he talks about the kinds of attitudes that will enable people to do that and to live well in communities, to serve one another, to to live in a way that is going to be uh, attractive and is going to be a good witness and enable us to be good ambassadors to the people in the time and place where God has put us. Because after all, what Paul is talking about here in the book of Romans is God's mission of cosmic reconciliation and what he's calling his people to do and be as part of that where all that good theology in the first 11 chapters cashes out is in the kinds of things that he's talking about here in chapters 12 to 16. And so obviously this is a wrong number or it's a friend calling from another time zone, but we'll deal with that later. Um, But if they call again, I might have to get it. I don't know if it's an emergency. Just kidding. So, So what I want us to do this morning, we'll do something a little bit different. We, uh, you may have heard of the, the acronym ACTS when you pray. Sometimes people say, gosh, I don't know how to pray. Uh, Jesus says, well, here's how you can do it, our Father who art in heaven. Uh, but there are some other ways that are useful, and one is this acronym ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Uh, and uh, we had adoration and confession this morning. We had supplication uh, this morning during the prayer time, and now comes the Thanksgiving when Kendall is going to be able to give up her praises, as promised. Not, not just this moment. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, of course, we have Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. And in the course of uh, the last few months especially, I have grown to be more and more appreciative of what God has done here in New Hope and what he is doing, and more and more aware of those many things that we have to be thankful for about our congregation and the way that we're able to serve Christ together, the way that we're able to love each other, the way that we're able to spur one another on to love 
and the good deeds, the ways that we're uh, able to enable one another to represent Jesus well in the community. So what I want us to do is I want us to take some time and go through these two chapters of Romans 12 and 13. And I'll read a few verses, and then I'll invite you to pray aloud, if you wish, in thanksgiving for where you see this kind of thing being real here at New Hope. Paul says in chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is an act of worship that makes sense. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Let's give thanks now for the ways that our brothers and sisters at New Hope enable us to worship our Lord.
tech desk. They're kind of like offensive linemen. You don't know they're there unless they mess up. Thank you for the ways that they make sure that we can hear and that we can hear the recordings for the ways that we can see the things we need to see in order to do our worship this morning, each morning. Thank you for Dave and the, the skill with which he designed and set up our system here. Paul says in verse 3, chapter 12 of Romans, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Let's thank God for the people around here who keep us grounded. I think in particular of the sermon evaluation team that I meet with a few times a year. Father, I thank you for the ways that they don't let me get away with anything. I thank you for the people who ask penetrating questions about our teaching and who give honest feedback, even though sometimes it's uncomfortable. standards, people who challenge us by their example and by their expectation to be better than we are. Paul says, starting in verse 4, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a person's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, then let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, then let him give generously. And if it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Let's thank God for the people here at New Hope who are serving 
right in their wheelhouse, people who are serving according to their areas of giftedness. People who are serving in ways we couldn't imagine anybody doing it better. thanks for the people here who demonstrate humility show us what that looks like to put others above themselves
tithes or donations to the crisis center. Not asking for anybody to notice him or to thank him. He just does it. Jones for his service to our community as a volunteer firefighter. We thank you for all the people in our congregation who are active in serving in our community, whether it be actively volunteering or serving on boards or putting events together. Thank you for the ways that you enable us to be a blessing to the community around us. lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Let's thank God for the people we know here who serve as examples to us of faithfulness and patience. demonstrate 
faithfulness and perseverance through all that. Show us what it's like to trust in you when things are difficult. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Let's thank God for the people who are generous and hospitable. And I think first of all of the halls, especially with their ministry to international students, the ways they open their home up graciously and cheerfully receive them and graciously and cheerfully let their house and yard be trashed by all these people who come. Thank you for their generosity the ways they make people feel welcome. says starting in verse 14 bless those who persecute you 
bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everybody. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. So don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's thank God for the people here at New Hope who are peacemakers. reconciliation, but his skill in, in enabling that, his, his patience, even with me. says at the beginning of chapter 13, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. You want to be free from the fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, you should be afraid, for he doesn't bear the sword for nothing. 
is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it's necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because you might be punished, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give, you, give their full time to governing. So give everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And if honor, then honor. Let's do something that I know I don't do very often and thank God for those who serve us in positions of authority. Father, for people like Steve and Norm who have served in uniform in the nation's armed forces.
says in verse 8, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves his fellow man has fulfilled Torah. The commandments don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, and whatever other commandments there are are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of Torah. This is kind of the last one. Where do you see love at New Hope? Give thanks for that. do this understanding the present time the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed the night's nearly over the day's almost here so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light let's behave decently as in the daytime not in orgies and drunkenness not in sexual immorality and debauchery not in dissension and jealousy rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the many, many ways that our community enables us to live as people who are waking up. We pray that we would continue to be faithful, to clothe ourselves with our Lord Jesus Christ, rather than thinking about how we can gratify our own fleshly desires. Lord, give us the grace as a community to be a place where we run out of time rather than things to be thankful about. Pray this would continue to be true of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's celebrate communion now together. I'll invite you to stand, and we'll uh, recite the creed together. And then after that, uh, you can come up and receive the elements and then take them back with you to your seat, and uh, we'll uh, partake of them together. Uh, Here at New Hope, we do invite everybody who is a follower of Jesus to uh, join us for communion at his table. The red is wine, and the white is grape juice, and the bread is unleavened. So with the faithful churches throughout the ages, we...